Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast, because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Hey, hey, let's go Buffalo. Hey, hey, let's go Buffalo. The Bills make me wanna Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Go Bills. Go. Who would you rather, or where would you, where else? <laughs> <laughs> or <laughs> where else would you rather be? Right here, right now. Hey, Bills Mafia, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. I am your host, Nate, guys. Thank you so much for joining us in this preview episode of the Bills versus the Commanders in Washington, D.C. This Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we're going to go over the game. We're going to go over injuries. We're going to go over the Vegas odds. We're going to do some picks on the team. Uh, we're going to do our betting on the Bills segment. Uh, we're going to do our Swami Stone Cold Sweated Out selections, where we, where we each pick two other games in the NFL that we like a lot to bet on. Um, and uh, we, we've been doing really well with that. I'm going to talk about that later. But uh, if you've bet with us, you've been uh, you've been holding up pretty well. Uh, but first, this episode is brought to you by the Twin Spire Sportsbook at Delago. If you are in the Western New York or Central New York area, do yourselves a favor: check out the Twin Spire Sportsbook at the Delago Resort and Casino. It's just down the thruway off exit 41. It's like right off exit 41 too. It's not like some people are like, oh, you know, it's like my house is right off the exit of the 290 or whatever. And then you have to drive 20 minutes off the exit. No, no, no. no. This is like a half a minute right off the exit, right off the thruway. Um, it's right there. You can't miss it. You've probably driven past it. It's, it's, it's right there. It's right there. Um, it's not like a hop, skip, and a jump. It's just right there. It's like barely a hop. It's like a half hop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm joined uh, in this episode by my co-host, John. John, how excited are you for this week three matchup of the Buffalo, of the Buffalo Bills versus the Washington Commanders? I am super excited. I am ready for this game. Like, look at it, right? We got the Raiders. A nice, good, average team, but the Bills got right. Everything went according to plan in my head, what should have happened the first week. Um, and really, I mean, if you look at like the strengths of the team, like the defensive line and, you know, the, the receivers played well, tight ends, like every everybody played well in the second game that played well in the first game, except for Josh Allen. That was <laughs> really the only inconsistency. And Allen has proven himself over the years, so I don't think that's going to be the norm. So I'm good to go. And I've, I view Washington as um, below average, where I, I viewed the Raiders as average coming into this game. The, the only issue I might see is the Bills looking ahead to Miami next week, but I, I, I wouldn't. I, I think the team's going to be disciplined, and I think they're, I think they're going to roll. Yeah, you know, we're going to get, oh, by the way, I'm, we're going to be joined by um, former commander's wide receiver, Anthony Armstrong, at some point during this episode. Um, he's traveling right now, um, probably for the game. Um, and so he's going to jump on. He's going to talk some commanders with us. We're going to get a chance to ask him some up close and personal uh, questions about the team. Um, but John, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, I'm not, I'm not too worried about this game in general. The only thing that does worry me, to be honest, like you mentioned them looking ahead. I don't. I see what you're saying. I don't necessarily think that's as big of an issue as the Bills injury report. If you look at the Bills injury report, which I'm sharing right now, uh, the Bills have, th this is how it looks right now. Terrell Bernard, starting middle linebacker, has a knee quad injury. He's been limited up until the point that we're recording this on Thursday night. Leonard Floyd was a did not participate on Wednesday. He was limited practice today on Thursday. Micah Hyde did not practice um, hamstring injury, limited practice today, uh, Thursday. Um, by the way, Leonard Floyd has an ankle injury. We did see him go off with that. Dawson Knox did not participate in either practice, did not practice in either one of them. Jordan Phillips is back for a full practice, luckily, so that's good news. Spencer Brown all of a sudden showed up on the injury report with a shoulder 
uh, injury and limited practice. And then uh, Jordan Poyer wasn't there for a vet rest and James Cook was a personal thing. So um, I just don't like there's so many important pieces on that injury report. I, I agree. That's can you put that back up real quick? Yeah. That um that's very concerning. Um maybe not very, but it's it is concerning. Um namely Hyde and Floyd, right? Key pieces in the defense. And then I'd say even Terrell Bernard at this point. I mean, I, it looks and, like he probably will play because he's been limited all week. And so yes, Bernard Bernard being limited, it limited doesn't sound as bad, but it is still a thing. And I think people are gonna be overlooking Dawson Knox because the twelve personnel that they've been running the last couple of weeks, this can be severely affected if he somehow remains out. Um, so I think that's a big deal too. And then Phillips, I mean, like you know, he's this is full practice on Thursday. Is that what that says, or is it? It's full practice. Yep. Yep. Full practice. Okay, so that's good. Because yeah. um, he's a rotational guy, so that's mm-hmm. important too. But um, yeah, so I think the Hyde Floyd, um, you mentioned Bernard, and I think Knox, I think all four are, are um, concerning. Um, but they're playing Washington. I don't, I don't want to, you know. They're 2-0, and John. They're 2-0 and for the first time since 2011. They played Arizona and Denver. <laughs> Come on. I know, I know. That's, that's not a very – it was in Denver, though. I will give the Commanders credit. It was in Denver. The Commanders, hey, say what you will for them. Like, I don't necessarily think they're a hugely talented team. Like, that defensive line is otherworldly, right? Like, that. that's one of the toughest defensive lines the Bills will see all season besides maybe the Jets' defensive line because you're talking about Chase Young, Allen, Payne, Montez Sweat, like this is a good group, and they get after the quarterback. Not to say that the Bills can't protect Josh Allen against them, and there will be ways to scheme around that really good defensive line. But for um, sure, for sure, like I, I, the Bills' offensive line is at least average, at least average. And and I, I thought like Dorsey, like we we're talking last week about like the play calling being good and everything, but he, I think he really schemed well against the Raiders' pass rush. Yeah. as well and I, I you know if he continues that this week i don't think i'm as worried i think the washington pass rush might be better um than what we faced last week did you see the quote um, from jonathan kingsley um today on when he was talking about so jonathan kingsley the the bills defensive end um that made the pro, made the roster which we didn't necessarily think he would uh but that's who they kept to to trade away boogie basham um jonathan kingsley he's been um on the, I think he's been inactive all the games, but uh, basically what happened is he told Spencer Brown, because he knows Max Crosby, because they do this uh, pass rush camp together, um, he was telling Spencer Brown, he's good friends with Max Crosby, he was telling him his moves and showing him, so he was getting him ready for the game this last week. So that Spencer Brown, and we we, we, we acknowledged on the recap, that Spencer Brown had a good game, and that was one of the reasons. So that was kind of cool to see uh, for that reason. But yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I saw I saw um, Sal Capaccio mentioned that actually, and that's that's awesome for both players. Really, I mean, um, Spencer Brown had that improvement, um, and we were unsure about him um, on that side against the Raiders, and he did great. Um, obviously, um, Dorsey did his thing, and he like added in like chip blocks and different things from running backs and tight ends and things. But I think Brown played a great game, um, and I think a lot of that can be, like you said, contributed to Kingsley. And this part of the reason why he might have earned a roster spot is because of that ability to, like, you know, making you the know. extra effort, like going yeah. the extra mile. Exactly. Like exactly. Fully full team play. There's just things that we don't see on the field that yeah that, that McDermott says like this is a process guy, this is a culture guy or something, right? Um, so the so let's talk. So we mentioned how the the Washington Commanders defensive line is really good. Um, they have a good running back in Brian Robinson. Um, I don't think he's a great running back. Like I put him on the level of Josh Jacobs. Obviously, Josh Jacobs was the rushing leader for all of last season, so that's a little bit different. But like he's not but, a but speed back. How many how many yards did Josh Jacobs get last week? Again, uh, I, forgot. I forgot. Less less than zero, John. Less than zero. Oh yeah, that's negative right. two. That's right. Negative that's right. two. So yeah. I'm not as worried about him <laughs> this year, this season, because like the, the, the bills struggle against speed backs. I feel like more than backs, like the Josh Jacobs, the Derek Henry's of the world, you know, like those, 
the Bills seem to be able to manage the bigger backs. It's the really quick ones that are like, you know, Brees Hall is probably one of the best running backs in the league too. So like it would make sense that they would struggle against him. I don't know, necessarily think Brian Robinson is that yet. Um, so that doesn't necessarily scare me. Uh, Sam Howell, he's a, he's a good quarterback, but I put him on the level of like a Jimmy Garoppolo, like not, he's not going to kill you downfield. He is a rhythm quarterback. He is over the middle or screen pass slash bubble screen pass slash, you know, throwing he's, to his backside of the backfield. You're giving him too much credit. He's less than Jimmy Garoppolo. He's only had four NFL starts. He's made a lot of mistakes. He has made a lot of mistakes. Washington likes him, but like, it's not. It's not the same thing. I, but give him credit; he's not bad. He is. If, he's. He's been they, playing above average they, this season. If they play some pressure like Rousseau has, and like some other players on the defensive line has in the last couple of games, and he's going to make more mistakes, just like he has the last couple of games against lesser teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this is the only injury that really scares me because Leonard Floyd, because of pass rush, obviously, if he doesn't play, that's a big issue. But Micah Hyde, like. If he doesn't play, we might still be okay because Sam Howell doesn't really push the ball down the field. He doesn't really test the safeties a whole lot. So even though they have really good wide receivers in Terry McLaurin, um, Jahan Dodson, like the, like Terry McLaurin's a really good wide receiver. I shouldn't even lump Jahan Dodson with him because Terry McLaurin by himself is a like probably top ten, top fifteen wide receiver. Right? Um, is is McLaurin a hundred percent? I know he's he's been dealing with a turf toe. I don't know if he's so the Washington commanders have no one on their injury list they did yesterday and that was and then but they don't have anyone since yeah. then and dotson has been good too for them so it, it is a kind of a it was prompt. it was uh oh, but we got trinavious way and christian benford so we're good right yeah yeah i think i think <laughs> that the terrell bernard injury just worries me a little bit because of all the plays over the middle of the field um sure we did get news today that christian kirksey is retired I have to mention that really quick just because it happened today. So uh, even more reason to think that Terrell Bernard has a stranglehold. I think it was just insurance anyway um, for that role, but um, AJ Klein was resigned just so people know. Um, Yeah, I think Dodson is really the true backup anyway. Yes, I agree. I agree. They just needed, they just need another body if one's going to leave altogether. So, uh, but then the Dawson Knox one, yeah, it definitely ruins a 12 personnel situation, but I'm really confident in Dalton Kincaid getting getting those targets. So we should look at prop bets later, especially in regards to Dalton Kincaid. But I think the Bills, I think the Bills can handle this team. I think I think again, like you said, like even with the injuries, this is a okay commanders team that just happens to be two two and zero versus uh, two not so good teams at all. Um, I'd say the, the Cardinals are probably one of the worst teams in the NFL. Uh, I think they're going to be bottom five. So they just barely beat them. Bottom right? three, right? In Washington. Yeah, bottom three. You're... Like they're going to be funding Chicago. I don't know why Chicago was so hyped up in the in the offseason. I was never high on them. There's like, there's always a darling, right? Like, oh, this, things are going to be different this year, right? Like they got some yeah, pieces. No. It, Arizona, Chicago, and Washington might end up still down there, even though they won their first two games. It's well, they were at least they were eight, eight, and one last season. Like they weren't terrible. Like you know, they they finished better than the Raiders did, and they didn't even have Sam Howell start all season. So, like, I yeah. think that they're probably. I don't think they're a bottom five team. Um, I don't think they'll end up in that, but it, it might be different next year because like they're on you know, new ownership. Um, they're probably going to change some things. So next year might be even worse than this year type of thing. And then then they then they rebound. I'm not I'm not really sure how this is all going to work for them. Well, I like I like Eric Bieniemy as their offensive coordinator. So I think that he's been scheming this team, like giving Sam Howell like the best. Like I don't necessarily think Sam Howell is this good on every other team. Like I think Eric Bieniemy is that good of an offensive coordinator, and he's he a lot of his plays remind me of the Chiefs' offense. It's just they don't have Patrick Mahomes at, at their disposal, right? Like they just like there will be plays where there's a lot of motion. All of a sudden, you know, it's a end around or it's like a a pass like to a guy that's already got three or four yards in open space. Maybe he only makes eight yards, but then all of a sudden it's second and two, you know? So like, what what if he ends up being their head coach next year? How about that? That would be cool. I, I like Eric Bieniemy. Did you see what he said about Matt Milano today? 
What? He loves Matt Milano. He went on a two-minute discussion at the press conference, at his own press conference, saying about how good Matt Milano is. And he's like, that's so, that's so smart, because if he said he was so bad, then Milano would use that as bulletin board material, right? <laughs> I know, I know. He should Genius. Be, he should be pissed. Matt, Matt Milano's a very quiet guy. He should be angry at that. He should be like, be like, I can't believe he talked about me that long. I don't want that much attention. Uh <laughs> but no, it was, it, he, he went on, he gushed about Matt Milano specifically. And he went on to say like about um, how long he's known McDermott and Leslie Frazier and that how important he knows that that role specifically is to their defenses. And it was, it was kind of a cool, it was more than you ever hear from any other coach talk about, you know, a Bills player that's not named Josh Allen. Right. Um, oh. But I like Eric the enemy. I, I could, I, I'd be all for him getting the role. I mean, Ron Rivera is not going to be a coach forever, right? So he's got to be up there. Yeah. And he's also said some dumb things over the last couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, yes. I get the, I get the context of it and what he probably meant to say the couple of times, but like, it's like, all right. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Think, yeah. think about it a little bit first, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jack Del Rio too, or you think Jack Del Rio said some things too. Yeah, he did too. Yeah, yeah, they're both. <laughs> yeah, like like the like one of the Rivera things that come to mind is like he was saying like it was like you know towards the end of the season and they're like there was some reporter question about being like uh, in something to the effect of it being like an elimination round like you know oh, if yeah. you lose this game it's like then you don't make the playoffs or something like that and he's like oh I had no idea it was like that and like he thought he but, was out of it. <laughs> right, but like in my mind, I'm thinking like I, I get the context. He's he's trying to say that it doesn't matter. I'm trying to win the game no matter what. But it came out like I'm an idiot, right? Yeah, yeah. Like oh, like oh, we still have a chance. <laughs> like <laughs> oh, maybe I. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He did say that he one of his biggest mistakes though was not starting Sam Howell earlier last season. Um, but you know, I for the most part, Sean McDermott his defenses do really well against very young quarterbacks and Sam Howell is a young quarterback. So mm-hmm. I think and I he's th- been, and, and McDermott is more aggressive in his play calling than Leslie Frazier is. Yes. So. Yes. So I'm not so worried about this game whatsoever. So we'll do our betting on the Bills segment, John, um, all the things that we mentioned, uh, the bills are favored in Washington by six and a half points. Where do you have the bills? Do you take do you take the bills and the points, or do you take the uh, the commanders? I'll take the bills and the points. Let's go. It's bills and the points. Win by seven or more. I also have the same. We were both right last week. We had the bills at minus eight and a half. They won by twenty eight points, so a lot more than eight and a half points. Uh, this week, I think the bills. If I had to guess, we normally don't do over unders on this one. I hate I hate over unders because <laughs> I have a hard time getting them right. Um, because you know they could win thirty to nothing, but if the over under is forty five, right? It's um, the over under is forty three, forty three points. Um, that's a good line, of course it is, right? <laughs> uh, I'd say over, over on that one. I think it'll be like thirty to like I want to say like thirty to seventeen or something. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Uh, as far I, as I, I, yeah. Hundred percent. I'd I'd go. I mean, I probably wouldn't. I don't know if I'd bet the. I, I'm terrible at over unders. Um, yeah. But no, I would. I would agree over. I would say. Yeah. What would you say? Thirty-one seventeen. Something. Yeah. Like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd go something like that for sure. So we never usually do this, but like, what would it take for the Bills to lose this game, and or even just not make the six and a half points? Josh Allen looking like week one. Josh Allen. Josh Allen imploding, right? Like that's, <laughs> that's the only that's thing. What, that's what everybody else is fine from what, week one to week two. Everybody else looks fine. Mm-hmm. It was only Allen. So that would really be unless it's like crazy turnovers. But then again, that usually points to Josh Allen, right? So if that's the issue, then Josh Allen's the issue. <laughs> he is an eight-year veteran wide receiver in the NFL. He spent three seasons with the Washington Commanders, now the Commanders, Washington football team. And he is the host of the Believe in Commanders podcast. We are welcomed by Anthony Armstrong. How are you doing, Anthony? It's so good to talk to you. Appreciate you coming on. I am good. Just finished a a long afternoon of traveling, but I am excited to be in the hotel room uh, back in D.C. I haven't been back here in a while, so I'm excited. Are you there for the game specifically? Are you going to be there watching the game? 
Yeah, it's homecoming weekend for uh, for the alum, so um, I get to go to one. I haven't been to a homecoming, so I don't think I've been to a homecoming since high school. So this is my first one in a while. That's awesome. This feels like what it would be like to go back to college and whatever, see the guys that you went to college with. Is that how it's going to be for you and some of the guys that you, you know are coming up? Man, you know, it goes back to the players that went back to the 60s, so you're going to see just all the history and just it feels good to be proud to come back and celebrate the organization. I mean, it's been, frankly, it's been a little bumpy for the past, you know, quarter of a century, but um, things have been on the upswing since July 10th and the, the city is vibing. The fans are vibing. Everybody's in a good mood. I'm so happy to hear that because that's one of the things I wasn't going to necessarily ask you about, especially as it, as it has to do with ownership. Like, uh, because I mean, We've been very fortunate in Buffalo. Like we've had good ownership um, in the past, but I could see how it would ruin. Like I mean, you saw how Buffalo just went under fire for the Tequio Spikes um, seating situation, but that's not that big of a deal. It's not like Man. some terrible things. Like I mean, even as a as a player, I mean, so I hadn't planned on asking you this, but like everything comes from the top down, right? When you're a player in any organization, you've played for several different teams. Like if if ownerships not all in or there's issues with ownership or you see that there's there's a discrepancy between the message you're getting from them and coaching staff like is that evident to you as a player or is it just I don't care it doesn't matter I just do what the head coach tells me to do you know I I was a guy that was at the bottom of the roster I felt I always treated it as that I was like hey man I'm 54 out of 53 like I got to make a play um but I've, I've recently said you don't realize how bad it is until you get a different experience um, so going through it, I just thought that's just how it was. I just thought that was the league, you know, and, and frankly, everything that came up in the investigations and things like that. No, players weren't you know, like I'm not going to say privy, but players weren't around that. OK, there is definite separation between ownership and, and the guys that are on the field. I'm sure a couple of players may have had access to the owner. Um just due to the size of the contracts, you know, some big name guys, they have they have access to the owner, but not me. Uh, but. The way that things are now and the way that they've been since, you know, ownership has changed, um, it's vastly different. And it's only been a couple of months and it feels good. It really does feel good. I think things are going in the right direction. Um, and I'm just excited for what this team and organization can do. Well, you know, they're off to a tremendous start. They're 2-0, and like you mentioned on your podcast, for the first time since 2011, which is incredible. Um are you surprised at all? The, they finished 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one last season. Are you surprised at all by a 2-0 uh, start, or did you see that coming? I'm not surprised by it. It was my expectation. I've been kind of baiting, beating the drum, saying this is the playoff team. I think that they really can get 10 wins. Um, this was before the schedule was released, but so whenever you look and you're like, man, we got, you got Buffalo, you got Miami, you got New England, you got these tough teams that you're going to have to face, uh, it's hard to count to 10. But I knew that the talent was there. I think there's talent on defense, talent on offense. And it was it was a, a situation where you had to be patient. Be patient and let these guys go out and play and go put what they can on the field. And, and they've been doing a great job so far. They're winning tough games. Yes, I would have loved them to blow out Arizona. Um, but this is the NFL, right? It's, it's not a lot of wide open where you're just going to blow out one team every week, right? So teams are good. Um, and they found a way to come back against Denver. And I, I like to circle wins that that mean something, not just, oh, they won a game like you you came back from down 21 to three. That means something. Right. You battled with a scrappy Arizona team. That means something. So they're learning how to win. Old Washington teams would have folded easily by halftime and been ready for, you know, what, what, what are we doing after the game? Yeah, that's that was so good to watch. I watched both games um, just recently preparing for this interview. And, um, I mean, you got to like what you've seen from Sam Howell this season, a guy that maybe they should have given more of a chance to last season. But this is his second year. Um, what have you seen from him, uh, you know, at quarterback? And, and what do you like about his play? Man, the, the first thing I love about Sam Howell is his accuracy. And it, and it comes down to the ball placement as it hits the receiver's hand. So he puts the ball – slightly in front of them where they can catch it, have run after the catch. Um, you've seen the passes against Denver dropping the ball in the honey hole. He can throw all three levels. Um, the guy has arm talent. He can sidearm it if he needs to. And the, the one of the more impressive things is his 
how calm he is, how how much moxie he has. He'll get hit in the mouth, in the pocket, and then will stand up and be ready to throw another five or ten passes. Like he doesn't he doesn't get skittish. He's not a guy that you'd have to worry about um, getting scarred from getting sacked too much, you know. And I mean, yes, week one it was six sacks, and they got that number down to the four in week two. Uh, you don't want him to get hit often, but he handles it well. And the way that he navigates this team um, with his his quiet leadership. He knows that he has a lot of talent around him, and it doesn't have to be him all day. He just has to deliver the football. Um, and 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 Sam has a has a, a good career coming up for him, and I, I like that they gave him an opportunity. Um, and it really last season was more important to not play because you got to one go up against a very good defense every single day in practice, and then two you get to learn from other quarterbacks that have been in the league for a long time sure you know you can question whatever level of success that they had in Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke but there is something to being in the room digesting the offense digesting the terminology seeing somebody else do it on tape when you start to learn from other people's mistakes and or success during an offense it's really helpful to your development so I mean, Sam looks great. He He's doing everything you just mentioned. Like, he looks tough in the pocket. He's taking hits. Um, I did notice he took a couple of late hits, too, in the Arizona game, which, yeah. which you know, you worry if he's even going to go back. He came right back up. Um, he's tough. What would you say are some of the things that he needs to improve on? Because he's hitting, he's hitting receivers. I saw him throw one behind McLaurin, and I was like, wow, you know what? After watching him, I'm that's the only one I've seen really like that. Where yeah. Where are his struggles, if any? You know, right now, the biggest one is the lack of reps, because when you go through preseason, nobody's throwing anything at you that's too exciting. It's pretty vanilla. It's going to be basic coverages. Now you're getting into the regular season. You're going against defensive coordinators who have never seen you. They've got three games of tape. And when you think about an NFL vet who's played many years, they've seen many different coverages, many different combinations, and they can go back to that mental Rolodex and say, ah, yeah, I remember this is what this team did to me, and this is how we handled it. Everything is new for Sam. So his biggest deterrent, his biggest downside is just the youth. Um, But I think in the same breath, that youth is is refreshing. He doesn't have any bad habits. He doesn't have any – war wounds, if you will, to where it's going to keep him from trying to do something um, and having the confidence to throw some passes. So I like that he's able to learn on the go. And he, the defense is set up for him to learn on the go. He limits mistakes. He doesn't really you know, put the ball in bad places. So he gives himself a chance. But once he gets more reps under him, I mean, the sky's the limit for him. My co-host John and I were just talking right before you got on about how how good of a coach or a coordinator we think Eric Bieniemy is. Um, you know, we've seen him the last geez, five or six seasons in KC um, before he went to the Commanders, and like in watching the offense, it seems like similar to like a Patrick Mahomes like offense, except it's just Howell instead of Mahomes. Like the way he schemes guys open, um, the way he utilizes all of those weapons that the Commanders have on offense. I mean, what have you seen from? the enemy as the offensive coordinator. And do you agree with that, that, that he's been very helpful in, in Sam Howell's young career? I mean, I think Eric Bieniemy has been helpful in this entire team uh, since since he's arrived in the summer. I mean, all those reports about the tough coaching and guys couldn't take it, that's, that's being rubbed the wrong way when somebody walks in. And frankly, a team that's been average at best over the past three years, you wouldn't want to do the same things the same way. If you do, you don't really need to be on this team. You should want to have some fire lit lit up underneath you. You should want a coach to hold you accountable. And I think that that spreads to the defense as well, because the offense is knowing that they're going to bring their A game. The defense has to bring their A game. Um, The way that EB schemes guys open, like you said, 10 different receivers caught passes last week. That's amazing. You don't see that happen that often. It's hard to do it in Madden. And he did it in this game. Um, Now, sure, you're going to see numbers go down, targets go down for different players, but we already mentioned there's so many weapons on offense that the key is to just get guys the ball in their their key situations and what they do best and let them make those plays. EB does a great job at that, and I tweeted that he is the probably the top in-game coordinator in football. He makes adjustments mid-game. He makes adjustments on the fly, and his guys execute it. It's hard to do that. You don't just make changes on the go. A lot of coaches will say, well, we didn't run that, so I don't want to do it. 
EB trusts his guys enough to say, hey, remember this play? Well, instead of doing this, you're going to do this, and you're going to be wide open. And they trust it. I mean, you saw it in the Super Bowl, those two late um, touchdown passes that, that Mahomes had. Those were Eric Bieniemy adjustments. Wow. Wow. So let's look at the other side of the ball. We've talked a lot about offense. Um, this defensive line, I mean, it's been known to really get after the quarterback. It's a stout defensive line. I mean, you have first rounders just up and down. You have Sweat, you have yeah. Alan Payne, Chase Young. Um, how, I guess, in your opinion, do you think they're living up to how well they played in the past? And are they already on par with Chase Young coming back from injury? Like, are they on par for, for, they're already peaked at this point, or can they get better? I think they can definitely get better. There were, there were too many big plays that they've given up. Um, and one of their common flaws, if you will, is that they're they're very much a bend but don't break. And a lot of times in preseason, it was a lot of bend but don't break. The one thing that they're missing is to create more turnovers. I think with an Emmanuel Forbes, he's bound to get one here soon. He actually got one last week. He's bound to get another one soon because the guy is so twitchy. He understands his defense. He understands his leverage. Uh, but majority of these guys have been in this this off, uh, offense, this defense for three or four years. They're starting to really understand the nuances of it, not just, hey, I'm supposed to go into the A-gap. They're understanding, hey, if I go to the A-gap and slightly you know, affect the center, then it could free up my – you know, all these other nuances to the game. Once you start thinking next level, man, you could do whatever you want to do. Now, what they did against Denver, I think that's what we what we expect every single week. That's what you want to see from these guys. Um, and, and I mean, that's not that's not going to happen, frankly. I mean, it's not. You don't get six sacks every single week. Um, but but if you do, you're going to win a lot of football games. Uh, but I think this defense is on the right track. I think they are. Get a couple more turnovers um, and, and get a few more stops early. Then I think you're really saying, hey, you got a, a dangerous defense that can carry you far. Is there any area of that defense that – that has a weakness because you just mentioned Emmanuel Forbes. He's, he's a great young corner. Um, what about safeties, linebackers? I mean, Davis is a good linebacker. I mean, where, where do you see any weaknesses that Josh Allen or the Buffalo Bills could try to expose? You know, my biggest weakness on the defense is, is at linebacker. And it's just because you don't have a lot of, you know, uh, big names there. Yeah, Jamin Davis is there. His speed is something that's special. He's going to be able to keep a spy on Josh Allen um, and, and potentially on James Cook coming out of the backfield. Uh, but once you get after that, your, your athleticism kind of goes down. Kaliki Hudson is a is an athletic guy, but he hasn't gotten a lot of chances. And he picked up Cody Barton from Seattle, um, and he didn't have as much speed. He's not as fleet of feet, if you will. So, you know, the linebacker position is the one that, Get you a little bit, you know, a little bit of a pause, but they make up for it with the depth at safety. I'm seeing Cam Curl, 31, uh, in the burgundy and gold line up in the box. You'll see Derek Forrest, you know, swarm in the skies. Uh, Percy Butler can get involved. So they're able to plug different guys in based on the situations. And I, I think, well, shoot, Buffalo's been running a, a 12 set. So I'm interested to see how they're going to match up this week. Um, but you may have to see a safety get down there and cover a Dalton Kincaid uh, in the slot. So the safeties make up for the lack of depth at the linebacker position. Well, it'll be interesting to see if they do a lot of 12 personnel just because Dawson Knox hasn't practiced all week. Mm -hmm. So he might not even be part of this offense by the time Sunday rolls around. We'll see. We'll keep, we'll keep tabs on it, but that's a, that's a really interesting point. Now, is it more with the linebackers? You mentioned they have some speed. Is it more in defending the run or, covering tight ends like you just mentioned Dalton Kincaid or maybe even a slot receiver or is it both man it's mostly it's mostly the coverage of of tight ends that's been the Achilles heel of this defense for the past few years I mean you go back to when the stadiums were empty in 2020 I've seen way too much tape of of linebackers just getting abused by running backs and tight ends and you look at the the division and the way this league is going like those tight ends are receivers now they are six foot five receivers that weigh 250 pounds like it's not very fair so you got to have guys that can stick with those those route runners and be able to to actually play the run as well so it's the passing side that seems to be that weakness but once again, you know, hopefully you can get some pass rush. Ball comes out a little bit quicker. Now you only have to do is come up and tackle somebody. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the Bills right now are favored by six and a half points. Uh, 
you know, they're one and one, the commanders are two and oh. Where do you see this game going? Do you have a prediction? Um, I mean, what are I mean, I, I know it's alumni weekend, so you probably yeah, can't yeah. say that the <laughs> say that the commanders are gonna lose. Uh, what do you see the score being? You know, I think I honestly think this is gonna be a a, a battle. I really do. I think it's gonna be a close game. Um I, I don't want to say low score, and I think both teams will probably get over twenty, but you're looking at probably a three point game. You know, and, and it's gonna just come down to Turnovers, turnovers, and coming up and tackling people. Who can do that the best? Um, if 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 a, if Washington creates some turnovers, then I got to give them the hat tip. I really do. But we all know, everybody knows that this is this is the first test that this team is is going to have to face in Washington. And you see, you saw good Josh Allen. You know, last week, high completion percentage, making great decisions. Um, frankly, probably a little bit more boring than what we're used to. Um, but without Dalton Knox, like, I wonder, is he going to still be able to be as patient in the pocket? You know, is it is it going to be a more of a three receiver set? Is that something that makes him want to take more shots? So we'll see. Um, it'll be some fireworks for sure. But give me a three point win uh, by the commanders. That's awesome. Well, Anthony, appreciate you coming on. I uh you know, you, you do such a wonderful job over at the Believing Commanders podcast. It was really fun listening to you and your co-host um, this past week, um, pre- prepping for this interview and everything you do. Where can people find you on social media and everything that, that you're a part of and do? Oh, man, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh, catch, catch up with me on, on X at Rated Armstrong. Instagram's at Rated Armstrong as well. And you can follow our show at Believe Commanders. I know y'all are here for the, the Bills Mafia. Y'all circle in the wagons. But if y'all want to come over there and get a little Commanders action, come check us out at Believe Commanders on all your favorite streaming platforms as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we all have friends that that are fans of other teams, even though we don't like them as much because they are. But you know, we we have <laughs> friends that are are that way. Uh, appreciate you coming on, man. Enjoy the alumni weekend. Enjoy seeing all your old uh, teammates and all the older guys. You know, that came way before you. <laughs> um, and it's been a blast. Thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate it. No worries, man. Thank you. Good luck this Sunday. Don't break no tables now. <laughs> I know how y'all do. <laughs> appreciate it, man. Have a good one. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, so that was Anthony Armstrong from the Believe in Commanders podcast. It was perfect. We were just uh, ending our discussion on the Commanders. Now you guys have a little bit more insight as to... You know what to expect, what the weaknesses and strengths are of the team. Anthony, super cool guy. I've been really happy with talking with the guys from the Believe and uh, the Believe Podcast Network um, from all those other teams. And Anthony is no different. Uh, John, let's go to. Um, hey, hey, hey! Let me just say, you're really good at picking people to interview here. Like that was really, really good. I was listening in. That was like all around good questions, good answers. Like great guy. Like I, I loved it. Thanks, man. Thanks. This is the first one that you or Mike, for that matter, have ever been like live for to like listen to it. So except for Bruce Smith, right? Bruce Smith. That's right. You were there. You were there at the Twin Spires sports book <laughs> at Delago Resort and Casino with us that day for that interview. You're right. You're right. So uh, let me ask you, was the Chris Berman one? Was that just on the phone or was that the video also? No, it was just on the phone. Yeah, I it offered, sounded like it. <laughs> yeah, I offered. <laughs> I offered to do it. It was uh, good though. It, it was, was really. I'm not. I'm not poo pooing. It, it really was good. I lo- I I enjoyed it. Thanks, man. Thanks. I know. I was. Uh, I was going to do it like we do it. So we do a. For those of 
that are listening, you, we do a video call between myself, Mike, and John, and uh, I use a software that, like, even though we don't post video specifically of us talking, like, you know, we can see each other. It's like a, it's like a better quality Zoom, basically, or or Skype, because we've done Skype. The quality, the audio quality isn't good. This software that we use is really good. And I offered to do that, and the 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 lady I'm tree from, uh, Water Buffalo Club Seven One Six, was like, yeah, he doesn't do links. Or anything like he's old school, which is kind of cool. Like I kind of respect it because it that's what you would think of Chris Berman. Would you think of Chris Berman being like the most technologically savvy guy or a guy that's just like, ah, just let me talk to him. I just want to talk to the guy. Right. That's and that's how he is. And even if he was tech savvy, like I could still see him preferring a certain way. Right. Yeah. There's only one way he circles the wagons, right? And it's on a, a landline. <laughs> he talks to me. <laughs> What's funny is I started off that interview with with Chris, and uh, I wasn't so like I have it connected. I have my phone connected to my mixer, so I'm technically like listening through my headphones, but I'm talking through my phone. It's this weird setup, right? Um, and he's like, oh, "I can't hear you that well." He's like, oh, let me try my cell phone. And I was just like, oh, that's not going to be any better for me. So I was just like, hey, maybe I'm not holding the phone close enough to my mouth. Can you hear me now? Oh, yeah, I can hear you now. I'm like, oh, this is on my end, Chris. It's got nothing to do with your landline. Oh, um, man, you could have got a cell phone number. I know. No, no. Well, yeah, you, you know what? You're right. Oh, I'm so stupid. <laughs> I'd be texting Boomer, be like, I uh, really like, uh, you know. <laughs> How what do you think I- of this nickname? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be, he would block me after a while of all the stupid nicknames we come up with. It'd be like, oh, John Mike and I came up with uh, uh, Osiris the virus over there. Uh, yeah, thanks, Nate. <laughs> Um, it's just, he just leaves me on red all the time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he, it was, it was an unknown number. So I definitely don't have his actual phone number. Um, so yeah, yeah, but thanks. No, I'm, I'm glad you were able to do that. Um, we just talked about the commander, so it was perfect timing. We ended that discussion. So let's go into our betting. We just did betting on the bills. We're going to go into our swamis. Stone Cold sweated out Wait, selections. Did you change your bet on the Bills based on that? No, the, the interview. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he thinks it's going to be a close game. I don't think it's going to be a close game. The only thing that worries me is the injuries. Um, and like like we said, if if Josh Allen plays like Week One, Josh Allen, then they lose. But they would lose to most teams like that. Yeah. So like I don't. The I think the Bills will cover, but I don't know if I'm going to bet on it. Like I know we'd already talked about it. Like if we're gonna bet on the Bills, I'm I'm gonna cover. Um, but... Well, we're a Bills podcast, so we have to talk about the Bills game. I don't love the spread. I'm not saying like you know, like I like the Raiders one I mean, better. I can see I can see the Bills winning by 14. Like yeah, oh yeah. Uh, but to bet on it and like you know with the Vegas and everything, like I don't know. I don't like I don't like that it's in Washington. I don't like that the Bills have so many injuries. And not only do the Bills have so many injuries, the Commanders don't. So like it's almost like the reverse of last week where the Raiders had so many injuries and then the Bills had none. Also, I heard I don't know if it's still the case, but like the other day I heard on the radio that like there could be like a lot of rain on that game and a couple other East Coast games, but I don't know if that's still the case. We look at the uh, forecast. Maybe we should add this to the betting on the Bills uh, podcast. John, Washington, D.C. Let's see what it looks like for Sunday. Sunday, high of 77, 24% chance of rain. All right. So that seems less than previously predicted. 10 mile an hour winds. So a little little windy, but not that bad. That's that's not. Yeah. It's not right, good to go. Yeah. So let's go into bets that we like. Though with our Swami sweated out selections, now um, we're using this really great site. It's called Bet US, and if you're interested in it, we just um, we were signing up, and they gave us a twenty five dollar per one hundred dollar uh, deposit, which was really cool. So I gave them two hundred dollars, and now I have fifty dollars worth of free betting, which is awesome. So we're going to use that. If you're interested at all in uh, following along with us, making bets with us. Uh, feel free to do so. Check out the link in our bio for that. Um, it's a site that has been around for about 30 years, but we're using it this season because they're they're doing promotion promotions with us and they're doing promotions for all new users. Uh, John, so last week, let's go over the week before. Uh, I went 3-0, you went 2-1. This last week, you went 
two and one, and I went two and one. Oddly enough, the one game that you didn't win was the Texans game. Other than that, you won the Steelers game and the Bills game. I won the Bills games and the the Bills game and the Chiefs game. I was off by one point for the Giants, the Giants game. So the funny thing is, I didn't end up betting the Houston game. <laughs> <laughs> Just here, but you didn't bet it out loud, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like three days later, it's like, oh, you know, so and so is not injured or is injured, and it's like, uh, whatever. I'm not. I'm not going to bet this one anymore. Yeah, exactly. At the time, it seemed like a good deal, but. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I think people that are listening, I mean, if you want to, like we have been all together, ooh, one, two, three, four, five, six, twelve. We've only gotten three out of twelve games wrong, which between, is pretty damn between good. Between the two of us, and we've disagreed with each other and, uh, multiple times. Yeah, that's, I did not think it would go this way, especially me, because like you're you're a better better than I am, at least in the past but let's hear from your first one john let's hear from your first game what game do you like uh what spread what what game uh piques your interest this week all right so hear me out <laughs> <laughs> i like denver with the points against miami okay the spread I, right now is six and a half points so you like the broncos with the points okay yeah i i think Miami's probably gonna win but i think it's gonna be close okay so that that one was one I was I was considering as well, but is it because you think the Broncos have a good enough defense to keep the Dolphins in check? Um, I, th- I think that's part of it. Also, Miami's defense is terrible. In like the Broncos are kind of almost due for an offensive. They're something. only two. They're, the receivers are healthy. Um, I, I I mean Russell Wilson I is really the only reason why I would not <laughs> might not bet Denver, but um. <laughs> He didn't look bad against. See, we were just talking to Anthony about yeah, that Commanders he's, game. He, he he's he yeah, is against Commanders, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I I I think Denver is Miami's the better team, right? Yeah, we can agree on that. Um, but I think the way the the spread is, it's six and a half. You know, Miami can win by one or two field goals, or even one or two points, and Denver still covers. Yeah, I think I think that's a good bet. Um, I I won't bet that one, but I I would lean the way that you're leaning um, in that bet. I'm going to do one of mine now. I'm going to go the Seahawks minus six and a half um, against the uh, Panthers. The Panthers are now without C.J. Stroud, uh, so they'll be playing Andy Dalton in Seattle. Seattle just coming off that big win against Detroit. Um, I think that the Seahawks are just going to start rolling, and I think that this game's probably not going to be particularly close, um, everything considered. So um, my money is on the Seahawks there to win by at least a touchdown. I would, I would probably lean the other way on that game. Think um, Andy Dalton could do it? Yeah, and I'm not. I won't pick this as my second game, but it's really close. I I might still pick Carolina um, plus six. Is that what it is? Plus six? Six and a half. So it's even better. Oh, six and, oh even better. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> You're like easy, no brainer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, same as the Denver game, plus six and a half. Um, but 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 same thing though. Like I think Seattle would probably win, but it'd be closer. Um, but I I I wouldn't. I, I don't think I would make that my second pick. But I think that would be very close to my second pick. Yeah, if CJ Stroud was playing for sure and it wasn't Andy Dalton, then I think I wouldn't Bryce like Young. this bet as much. Bryce Young, thank you. Jeez, I'm thinking of Houston's quarterback seat. Yeah, so this... Who's, who's going to have a snake? He doesn't know the quarterback. I know. Jeez. Do not bet what I bet. <laughs> bet what John wants. Of course, I've only gotten one wrong so far, and John's gotten two wrong this season. But you you would be tied with me if you picked the Bills-Jets game right in week one. But that's okay. Well, you're a Jets fan, so. I, I, Apparently, this is turning into I'm a not Jets a Jets podcast. fan. I just like, I just like no, making that money. That didn't, didn't make any sense. You were like, uh, you're like, oh, the Bills are going to win by like one or one and a half points. And I'm going to pick the Jets. Like, <laughs> two points. It was a two and a half point. I don't, I don't understand. One or two points I said the Bills would win by. <laughs> which I'm I so still bitter. <laughs> I like being right. And I like making money more than I like betting on, like choosing my team just for the fun of it. Like I, I mean, it wasn't I, for the fun of it. I thought the Bills were gonna. I don't want to get. I know it you right did, now. and that's why I don't want to. I just not want to get into it right now. <laughs> uh, you're like, I don't want to. I don't want to replay like the worst part of the season so far. Um, so we uh, Broncos six and a half. The Seahawks minus six and a half. What do you have as your second bet, John? All right, don't bet Seattle, but 
Um, my second bet um, will be there's a few different games, but I think out of the the next ones, I do like New England minus two and a half against the Jets. Um, New England's had the Jets number, especially against Zach Wilson and Bill Belichick. Um, I think that's a safe bet, if anything. Um, New England two and a half. Yeah, I have New England. That was actually my second bet, too, is New England in two and a half. Um, just with Bill Belichick up against the wall, he's playing against Zach Wilson. Um, I think the defense is just going to basically take over that game for the for the Patriots. And Zach Wilson just well, – I mean, the, the, the Patriots' off, offense will probably find a way to get going. I know it's against a good Jets defense, but um, – it wasn't good enough to stop Dak Prescott from scoring 30 points last week. So I like the Patriots in this one, minus two and a half. And we all said the Bills at minus six and a half. So those were our bets for there at BetUS. Um, definitely check out the link in our bio. If you are interested, you don't have to, but um, if you guys like betting along with us, um, it's a fun time. It's a fun thing. Like I said, we are uh, nine out of 12. So that's pretty damn good considering we have to bet the Bills one. We don't like betting the Bills one. Um, I don't like betting on, on the team, but um, I did last week and I made some money. So actually I'm up on the season. So it's really good. I want to check out some uh, some prop bets for the Bills game. Let's see. I want to do something because we just mentioned we don't think Dawson Knox is going to play. Let me see what... Um, well, we're not sure, but he hasn't practiced. I, I so. think it's unlikely. I think it's unlikely. And so I was just looking that, at... That would be very unfortunate. Like, do you think they'll run 12 personnel with, like, Quentin Morris? Or do you think they'll just go back to, you know, three receivers and whatever? Oh, man. Could you imagine? I, um, I like Quentin Morris, but, like, I don't know if... Could you imagine a Quentin Morris anytime touchdown bet? <laughs> That's probably, like, plus 6,000. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm also trying to think, like, from a blacking perspective and stuff, like, is he or Kincaid, like, is one going to do one or... Because Knox is really good at both, right? Yeah. Yeah, so Knox is 82% of the snaps so far this season. Dalton Kincaid is 67%. Imagine that that percentage is going to go to at least 82%. Right. And then, like, you can can factor in, too, that they haven't really used Sherfield at all or... Hardy's been used sparingly. Like these free agent acquisitions are supposed to be really great. Um, maybe that's a thing this week. I don't know. Um, obviously, they have a really good running back rotation. Yes. Let's see. So I don't see anything for receiving yards at Bet US. Let me just check one other site to see if there is one for that. And what about Gabe Davis? Gabe Davis touchdown. I like a Gabe Davis touchdown receiving props. Yeah, they haven't not figured Dalton Kincaid into it specifically because they don't know. Yeah, Gabe Davis, 40-yard touchdown pass, plus what? <laughs> Gabe Davis is over under 42.5 yards. Um, I'd say over. I like I, that over. I, I'd say over, too. Receptions made. Gabriel Davis over 2.5. Um, if Dawson Knox isn't playing, I mean, you got to figure those, like, five or six targets a game are going to go to somebody. Three for 40 and a touchdown? Boom. Three for forty-five and a forty-three and a touchdown. <laughs> or forty-three, yeah. So you're on the Gabe Davis thing, dude. This might be the week that uh, Stefan Diggs really goes off for over a hundred yards. He hasn't done that yet, has he? Did he have over a hundred the first week? Yes, he did have a hundred over a hundred against the Jets. Ten receptions for a hundred and two yards and one touchdown. How much do we know about the Washington offensive line? It's okay. It's not. It's not great. Do we think the uh, Oliver and Daquan Jones combination, and then you got Rousseau. I don't, I don't know about Leonard Floyd this week. That's that's a, that's a factor. But like Rousseau and Oliver have been making a lot of plays, and I love Daquan Jones. Like those three right there have been money, I think, so far. So you mean as far as like Brian Robinson rushing yardage or something like that? I think both. Like both. Like so. Like I know Washington can run the ball. Mm-hmm. So that's yes. To your to your question, but also, can we continue? Can we put pressure on Sam Howell against their offensive line, like other teams? Yes, yes, yes. Because Anthony mentioned they just had six sacks and four sacks in two consecutive games. I think the Bills get at least four sacks, um, probably at least three sacks. But like, I mean, you can imagine. I mean, the Cardinals' defensive line. I mean, they looked really good. They're not an amazing defensive line. 
Like I think they have some good players. The the Broncos have a really good defensive line, and they were constantly getting pressure, even though they didn't have more sacks than the Cardinals. Like they were getting good pressure. Mm-hmm. And pressure is good. That can lead to incompletions. Um, you looked at like you know my play of the game last week was um, Daquan Jones tipped, jumped up, tipped the ball, and then it, you know Bernard ended up with the interception. Rousseau had the pressure, or you know, it was like a a three-headed all, monster. All, yeah, all around thing. Dude, you can do esports betting. Did you see that? I just saw that and bet you as esports betting. I know nothing about esports. That's how I know I feel old. <laughs> like when I haven't watched any esports. Like I know what it is basically, but like I never, I don't know it well enough. More than like Ninja, right? Like the one that everyone knows of, right? Like the best video game player. Like I just, it's, it's, it's crazy. We should just throw some bets on esports just for fun. <laughs> just to see whatever receptions at least gabriel davis three stefan Diggs seven one thing i will say is sam howell does not like target terry mclaurin as often as i think he should because of how good he is like he spreads the ball around which is i get it but like it well, he said like... he's hit the turf toe at the beginning of the year so i don't know the last couple of games last year as much but i, I mclaurin's great like could you imagine if the bills had mclaurin <laughs> no honestly if you had Diggs, mclaurin and then everybody else that they have it'd be phenomenal <laughs> so stefan Diggs is over under 73 and a half yards um that's about right i mean it's a really I, good line i, I, I guess the, the over i i guess but if you had to bet on stefan Diggs under over his yardage of 73 and a half or gabriel davis over under his yardage of 42 and a half which one would you go they're both priced right, I think. I think it's over for Gabriel Davis. I think I th- they're 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 smart. Like that's that's about right for both. Um, and it depends how much they can run it. I mean, I think the Bills go over on both of these. To be honest, that's, that's, my, that's my that's my inclination. I I more apt to bet the Davis one probably. Josh Allen over under two hundred forty seven and a half yards. Well, who's getting two hundred forty seven and a half yards? And if it's not. Uh, if it's not Diggs and Davis, it's what a hobbled, a hobbled Dawson Knox, a Dalton Kincaid getting over a hundred yards. Well, you're well, Hardy, Hardy, Cook. Cook. They rarely target Hardy, and I mean yeah, Cook. Cook you you don't know, you don't know though, because they've been running a lot of twelve personnel. If they can't run twelve personnel, then they get more receivers on the field. Maybe Shakir is more involved. Ooh. He had a great touchdown last week. Like there's all these players, Sherfields. Mm-hmm. There's all these other players. Yeah, they've been really reluctant. I mean, they've they've at least targeted Hardy. They haven't targeted Sherfield. I don't think he's got one target at all this season. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, he's a veteran free agent, right? Like, I mean, we usually talk player props, uh, Bills player props at this point in the podcast. And I, I think last week I bet uh, Cook over twenty three and a half yards rushing or receiving. No, it was twelve and a half yards receiving, wasn't it? And we got it on the first reception. That's what it was. Like he had like twenty yards on the first reception. It's like done money. <laughs> like it was, it was the easiest money ever. Yeah. Um, I don't think I had a. Sec- oh yeah, the other one was Dalton Kincaid anytime touchdown, and we didn't get that one. Yeah, that was yeah, that was a tough one. The I remember the first week against the Jets, I had Cook over sixty two and a half combined rushing receiving, and he got sixty three. <laughs> I was like, well, at least I got that out of that game. <laughs> Dude, I I bet By half a yard. <laughs> <laughs> I bet like all of these overs for Davis, Kincaid, and Cook, and I hit on like two out of five of them. And I would have hit on like more if Josh Allen didn't cough the ball up four times. I know, uh, I know. If there was, if there weren't, if there weren't any of those turnovers, that would have been like completely different. Even one of those turnovers, they would have won mm-hmm. out of the four. Like Just that's one how, exactly. Yeah, that that's why I'm not. I know I know it was down and out after that game, but like I'm not as worried because how often are they gonna is Josh Allen gonna turn over the ball four times? I know he's a gunslinger and we love it, right? Like he I would rather be the Bills be a passing team than a running team. Balance is great, leading passing in this NFL, but he's not gonna do that every game. No, he's not. No, he's not. And they found a perfect balance last week. I mean, Josh Allen was the AFC offensive player of the of the of the week, and James Cook had over 150 yards total offense. Mm-hmm. 
Like that was a that was a great combination. And all the running backs got involved. Damien Harris did, Latavius Murray. I mean, this is a good team. I'm not I'm not worried about I know Ryan Robinson, he seems like a young, promising running back. I'm not worried about him as a as a huge threat to this game. I mean, the only big threat on offense I really see is Terry McLaurin, which like I said, they don't target him nearly as often as they should. And maybe Logan Thomas over the middle a little bit, especially if uh if Bernard's is, is not he, playing. Is, is Logan Thomas healthy? He was in concussion protocol since last week, but he's not in the injury report, so oh, okay. All right. I'm assuming that he's gonna be okay to play. But yeah, man, this was a lot of fun um talking with you. Uh any final thoughts before we head into the Bills Commanders one PM Eastern Standard Time game um in DC? Uh no. I mean I feel like I should be worried, uh, but I'm I'm not, which is an interesting combination. Um well, you weren't worried last week, though, either. And look how that turned out. That was a stress-free game. It was a stress-free Sunday, finally. Yeah. I No, I'm good. I think I, we're going to beat Washington. And next week against Miami is going to be, um, I think, a, a good test. But even against Miami, their defense is not good. And our, our defense is good. So I, I feel pretty good about that game, too. I'm not ready to think and, about that, John. I get, I want to go one and zero this week. Okay, must yeah, be but, nice to think about. Yeah, but we we win the next two weeks. We're we're back on top of the division. Yeah, two right. Like so, like it's worth thinking about. I'm gonna be rooting for the Broncos. I'm gonna be rooting for your six and a half point spread and the Broncos just winning outright. Well, yeah, I, I still think Miami's gonna win by three or six, but it's in Miami, so that doesn't. Yeah, that doesn't bode well for them, even more so. But still, like, yeah, and. I I'm almost more worried about the game after that in London against Jacksonville because Jacksonville I think has a London game this week. Is that right? No, that's not right. Do we play Jacksonville the week? Yeah, I think it's the week. Uh, no, it's not the week after. I'm pretty sure when we do play Jacksonville the week before, they're already in London, so they play two London games in a row. So they're just gonna like hang out, and then we're at a disadvantage. No, you're right. Like it that. is. It's the Dolphins the week after, and the Jaguars. Right, and Jacksonville's gonna be the two weeks in a row, right? Yes. Yeah. So. Oh, I that... don't know that. Sorry, I don't have that in front of me. Okay. Hold on, Jaguars. Keep talking. Yeah. So if that is the case, that's a tough matchup because the Jaguars are actually good. Um, yep, they are playing. You're right. They're playing the Falcons in London, and then they're playing the Bills in London. Yeah, so they're just going to hang out there all week, I imagine, yeah. and just like wait for us. And then we play the Giants after afterwards. So I'm not worried about the Giants. But Jacksonville, I'm more worried about Jacksonville and London than I am playing Miami at home in Buffalo, right? Yeah. Yeah, at home? Yeah, for sure. I If, if we were playing in Miami, I'd probably be a little bit more worried. But at home, not so much. Yeah, they have to deal with the whole like sun, the heat, thing, the, the, sun, the sun, whatever. <laughs> I guess there's a sun. There's a, I guess the sun <laughs> apparently matters at some point. <laughs> but yeah, like yeah, so I, I can see the Bills being on top of the division that week, but the week after when they they play Jacksonville, um, I don't know who mine plays that week, but that could be tough if they're already in London and they have a good team, they might beat us. Yeah, so I mean, for those paying attention to our betting lines, we John has the Broncos plus six and a half um, against the Dolphins. I have the Seahawks minus six and a half against the Panthers. I uh, John and I both have the Patriots minus two and a half against the Jets, and then we both have the Bills minus six and a half against the Commanders. So we'll be back here next week to let you guys know how that ended up turning out. But as of right now, we're nine out of 12. So that's pretty darn good. It's pretty, uh, you made some money. If you bet anything close to what we bet, you made some money. So um, what I've been doing just because we have been doing so well is I've been betting every game that you and I have been doing. And uh, yeah, my bank, my bet us account is, uh, is doing pretty well. So um, hopefully you guys are all doing that too. So um, again, only you should definitely sign up for bet us, but there is nothing, nothing, like going to a betting kiosk at a sportsbook like the Twin Spire Sportsbook at Delago. If you're in the Western New York or Central New York area, do yourselves if do yourselves a favor and take a drive down Route 90. 
Get off at Waterloo at Exit 41 and check out the DeLago Resort and Casino where every moment is a winning moment. So, John, any final thoughts now before we uh, we end this preview? Yeah, I wouldn't bet um, Seattle, I'd bet Carolina. But that's not even – you don't get to do that. That wasn't one of your bets because then if you lose that bet, you'd be like, oh, well, it wasn't But one what I'm bet. saying is I disagree with that bet, like, vehemently. I would bet the other way. Why? Why? What makes you think that the, the Panthers that are 0-2 – is it because they're zero two? Their backs are up against the wall, and their quarter, starting quarterback is out. I think the Seahawks might cover even if uh, Bryce Young was playing. Well, that's well. I think Seal. It's just like my Denver pick, right? I think the other team's going to win, but I think Carolina is going to cover. Let's see. The Panthers they lost to the Falcons twenty four to ten, and the Falcons Saints are good. Falcons are two and zero, and actually, I I'm. I might be betting the Falcons against Detroit, which is very odd because I've been really I like all of last year I was betting Detroit. And were but you winning? It was hit or miss. But <laughs> oh, well thank God that we know that you were betting them. You're like, ah, I lost more than I won. I was, I was betting, betting them. I was betting other games too to make up the difference. Congratulations, but... you were betting you were you were backing a losing horse in the race. I think Atlanta is is they've they get a lot of talent, right? It's not like it's not like you know me bidding Houston last week, where it's like, well, <laughs> they don't have a lot of talent, but I think they're going to cover. Atlanta's got a lot of talent. Detroit's really good too, mm-hmm. um, but I'd rather bet that than what we're talking about. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> cool. Thank you guys all again for listening. Appreciate you guys being a part of this. Look forward to do. We're going to do a Twitter space after this game because it's a one o'clock game. We'll do a Twitter space after that for anyone that's following us on Twitter and wants to give their thoughts on the game to us and get on the podcast. So hope I hope you guys all enjoy the Bills versus Commanders. I think it'll be a good one. Signing off for John. Go Bills. Super Bowl bound. I I think so. Yeah, it's going to be Bills and Niners, right? Bills 49ers. Do you agree? That's a good one. That's a really good one. That's what she said. <laughs> I think I think Bills 49ers is a is is a good is a good prediction. Not not to take take away from Chris Berman's predictions, but I think this is the year for the Bills 49ers. Yes. Yes, that that would be that would be excellent. And for me, Nate, thank you so much to Anthony Armstrong from the Believe in Commanders podcast for coming on and talking Commanders with us. Thank you to John, our co-host. And for me, Nate, go Bills, and we'll talk to you guys after the game. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. Um, well, listen, I, the whole show is called Circling the Wagons. Say no more. I love it. <laughs>